The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. I love the thrill that I feel when I gather together with God's wonderful people. I love the you feel when you come into the house of God. Hallelujah. The Lord is here. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember um, one time I was helping my daughter with her math, with her homework. So shortly after we were done with the homework, I um, thought because I felt she needed help with math. So I decided that we were going to be having a lot of sessions in mathematics, you know, to help her, you know, beef up uh, strength in mathematics. So after a while, I noticed that she was just looking really sad. And she wasn't motivated to continue. So I said, so I stopped what I was doing and had a conversation with her, had a heart-to-heart talk with her. And I said, well, Tanto, do you like the life that we have right now? She said, yes. We're actually outside of the country then. And um, as, as a wife of an expert, you are not allowed to work. So I wasn't allowed to work. So I pocketed my um, certificate, you know, and all I, all I was doing was, you know, just um, taking charge of the home. So I said, you will need maths, you know, to be anything good in life. You have to really know maths, you know. And then after a while, she said, well, mom, when I grow up, I'm going to like you. I'm just going to marry a rich man. And I will just be shopping, going from one place to the other, shopping, going here and there. And I went to God in prayer. I said, oh, God, this girl has just insulted me. She has not appreciated all my efforts. She has just called me one jobless woman. You know, so I just want us to put our hands together again for every mother in the house who is sacrificing, who is giving every mother in the house. We appreciate you. The Lord bless you. Yes, your children may not appreciate you today, but tomorrow they will come back and say thank you. I remember times when I was growing up and I would say, well, when I grow up, my dad's stress is too much. I'm going to return all the money he spent, myself and my sister. We'll return all the money, but today we are just returning all the thanks and gratitude to God. So there's a woman of God I would like us to really, really appreciate this morning. TMM, please, can you put up the picture? This woman of God is indeed a fantastic, fantastic pillar of support in the house of God. Amen. Amen. And I would like to say something. 
We all say Pastor Dami is very simple. Yes, indeed, she's very simple. However, behind that simplicity is a woman that pays attention to a lot of details and is a woman who is filled with the wisdom of God. Amen. So I would remember several times we'll be talking on the phone and I'm be shaking my head and I'm like, oh wow, I didn't see it this way. Amen. So Pastor Dami, we really, really appreciate you. We love you. We are thankful for you. And I just want us to rise up on our feet and stretch forth our hands towards this woman of God and say something good and say something good to her. Lord, we thank you for your daughter. We thank you for consistently making her a pillar of support. Lord, in your house, Lord, we pray, Father, Lord, that she will continue to flourish in the mighty name of Jesus. He will continue to strengthen and uphold her in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you will give her the reward that only you can, and your name alone will be glorified. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. You may please be seated in the presence of the Most High God. So I'm going to start this morning by saying a very big thank you to, you know, to to Papi again for the privilege of, of bringing the word of God. I, I didn't realize I was going to be up here um, shortly again, you know. So I just give God all the thanks. I remember what one of my uh, mentors always says that whatever it is that you are doing for God, right now don't forget that it is a privilege. So I thank the Lord for the privilege. I thank Papi for the privilege. And of course, I want to thank my... Um, husband as well. He's not around, but I thank you for the cyber support, you know, that he has been given me. And I give God all the glory. Amen. So this morning, we have When the Wind Blows, part two. Amen. So the first time, um, Papi told me I was going to take When the Wind Blows, part one. And a few seconds after he told me, I bumped into Pastor K. And um, he asked me a question. It was a feedback I was supposed to give him. And honestly, I was just speaking gibberish. And he was just wondering what was happening to me. So I said, oh, Pastor K, I may be disoriented right now. Maybe you will understand later. You know, that was part one. And then when he, he, he told me that I would be taking the wind of change too, I said, sir, what am I going to say? He said, well, go and pray. And right there in the living room, I just went down on my knees. And I, and I told God, I said, God, your son says there's a part two to this message. Honestly, I have no idea. You know, but by the time I was getting up, the Lord gave me the scripture. And the Lord says that there's always, always more in me. There is more in God. Children of God, this morning I'm here to tell you that indeed there is more in our father. So, and I was saying, well... The last time I checked the dictionary, the, the meaning of the wind has not changed. It's still the same. And God was saying, you know, he told me something profound. And he, and he said that if you live your life by the definition of the dictionary, your life will be stationary. But I am the word. And I come to redefine every word of the dictionary so that I can redesign your life and refine you for my glory. So the Lord is here to refine us for his glory and his name alone will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to take this song together. The wind of glory is blowing. Let us move with the wind. Move with the wind. The wind of glory. 
This morning, oh Lord God, we have come again to receive from the throne of grace. Lord, break our hearts for what breaks yours in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you steal the soil of every soul here this morning and let your name be glorified. Lord, break down every wall built up in our heart, every wall against your word. And let everyone here today receive the engrafted word in the mighty name of Jesus. And let us all not remain the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for the most high God. Hallelujah. When the wind blows, part two. So if I'm going to give it a subtitle, I will call it the wind of change. Amen. And the wind of the Lord is here in our midst this morning. And I trust that not one of us will leave this place the same way we have come in the name of Jesus. So dive with me into our scripture for today. Our text for today is found in the book of Acts chapter 2, 1 to 13, and then verses 41 to 47. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Persians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the 
province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear those people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood, they were amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed and saying, they are just drunk. That's all. Amen. So we go, okay, verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miracle many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need they worshiped together at the temple each day met in the homes met in homes for the lost supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. So at the um, wind of change, change part one, we, we, we said that um, nobody can see the wind, but it's so powerful. And I remember saying that um, a lot of natural disasters that we see today, you know, have um, the powerful force of the wind actually behind them, the hurricane, the cyclone, and then said that the, the Hebrew word, ruach, is the same word, is the, the same word in Hebrew means the wind and the spirit, you know, and because no one can control it, nobody can see it, man has not been able to, but we thank God we have a God who controls the wind. The Bible says it speaks to the wind. It speaks from the wind. It brings out the wind from his storehouse. It rides on the winds of the wind. The Bible says it gives weight, you know, to the wind. Indeed, our God is a mighty God. Okay, so today we can see the wind, you know, powerfully at work in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. When Christ was going to ascend, he told his disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but that they should wait for the promised Holy Spirit, you know, and that the Holy Spirit would come and the Holy Spirit would come powerfully and use them, you know. So on this particular day, the day of Pentecost actually is actually one of the three um, festivals of the, um, of the Jews, three pilgrimage festivals of the, of the Jews. And it's usually a 50-day celebration. And it is also called the, the week of the first fruits. And it's called the first fruits of the wheat harvest as well. It's a 50-day celebration. And it usually comes after the Passover. You remember Christ, our, our Passover lamb. So the Passover came, Jesus Christ ascended. And then came the day of Pentecost. And they were together in one room, you know. And the Bible says they were sitting down, you know. They were in a sitting position. Jesus Christ had given them his word to say, wait in Jerusalem until the promised Holy Spirit comes and they were all gathered together. You know, it reminds me of um, collaboration that, that, that Papi spoke about at the beginning of the year and um, yesterday when we had the throwback service, you know, it was very refreshing and, you know, they were all together in one room and they were sitting 
Why were they sitting? What were they sitting for? They were waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. Jesus had prophesied, had told them that, you know, the Holy Spirit was coming. And they took that word that Jesus gave to them and sat down with it. What are you sitting down with? Are you sitting down with the word of God on a regular basis? Are you sitting down with the prophecies that have been given to you? You know, so they sat down and they were together in one room. Together. Unity is so key. Psalm 133 verses 1 to 3 says, How beautiful it is when brethren dwell together, you know, in unity. It is like the oil that has been poured, you know, on the, on the head of Aaron and flows down to his beard. For there the Lord commands his blessing. So I'm going to encourage you this morning that you should collaborate, you know, with other brethren and you will see the glory of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. And sit with all the prophecies that the Lord has given you. And the name of the Lord will be glorified in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. So he said while they were all sitting, you know, then, then the Holy Spirit came in the form of a mighty wind and filled the room. It was after that that the fire came upon them, you know, and, and it says that, that the Holy Spirit came in form of a fire, you know, like flames or tongues of fire and settled upon them. Hallelujah. So the, the Holy Spirit came in form of the fire. When the wind blows, fire comes. And the fire can be, because our God is, can be to you as a refining fire or a consuming fire. Remember, it depends on whose camp you belong to. And I pray that when the fire of the Lord blows today in the name of Jesus, it will meet you and be unto you as a refining fire in the name of Jesus. If at all it is going to come as a consuming fire, then it will consume everything in us that does not give glory to God in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So there was a lot of noise. And we'd see in verses 13, verses 12 and 13, that there were two groups of people. There will always be two groups of people. When the Lord is doing things in your life, there will always be, there were two groups of people. Verse 12 says, can I... Can we ha ha start from verse 12? It says, they stood, they're amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed and saying, they are just drunk. That's all. So on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, you know, and gave, and it said there was a lot of noise. And I'm sure the noise was part of what attracted, you know, all the people that came from, you know, the Roman Empire, the Persian Empire. You know, they were attracted to the noise and were wondering, what exactly is going on here? And, you know, the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gave them enablements, gave them utterance. And they were able to speak the languages of everyone that was there. And I thank the Lord that Africa was represented there. Praise the Lord. So... So the wind came and it rested and it rested on them. And there were two groups of people. Some believed and they were amazed, you know. And I'm sure those ones were the ones that got converted. And, you know, but some were, you know, mocking. And um, I would encourage you this morning, irrespective of whatever it is that the Lord is doing in your life, there will be times when people will mock at you. They will mock you. They will ridicule you. They don't understand it. But as long as you set your face on Jesus, his name will be glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when the wind comes, different things happen. Number one, growth happens. And when it, when it comes to growth, there, are three, there were three dimensions of growth 
that happened here in the book of Acts chapter 2. The first one was numerical growth. I'll tell you, when Jesus was here on earth with the disciples, Jesus had converts. But Jesus did not have as many converts as the disciples did after the wind came. Amen. So there's, there's what we call the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now the disciples had the Holy Spirit. You know, they had the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. But when the wind of the Most High God came, they were filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And they were able to do mighty things. Greater works they were able to achieve. So they achieved numerical growth. We'll see in the very last verse of this chapter where the Bible says that, no, verse 41, where the Bible says that 3,000 people, you know, were added to them on that day. So they experienced numerical growth you know a lot more people gave their lives you know even after Jesus had left and then they experienced geographical growth because there were a lot of people from different parts of the world then from you know the Roman and the Persian um, empires they all came together these people got converted and when they went back to their homes they took the gospel there with them and a lot more people you know so they had geographical growth and thirdly, they had they experienced spiritual growth as well. And I'm trusting the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. The wind of the Lord is blowing in this season. And you will experience growth in all areas of your life in the name of Jesus, in your businesses, in your careers, in all areas that you are trusting the Lord God for. You will experience growth, all manners of growth, and his name alone will be glorified. So they had, so there was spiritual growth. Because they said the people feared the Lord. There was reverential fear of the Lord. And there were a lot of signs and wonders, you know. And the name of the Lord was glorified. They were united in prayer. And they were bold, you know, to proclaim the word of the Most High God. Amen. So growth happens. And then the Lord gives you favor as well. So when, when, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit's power, we are filled so that we can be a blessing. You know, so the wind came, blew upon them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were a blessing to all those around them. And so many people gave their lives on that day. So when, when the wind of the Most High God comes, when the Lord blesses you, he expects you to be a blessing to all those around you. I, I, I will share a story of something that happened um, about two, two, two summers ago. That was in 2017. And um, I was out, out of the country and um, a friend of mine whom I'd not seen, you know, since we left secondary school in about over 20 years, was having her 40th. So I said, well, since I'm around, let me just um, take a flight and, you know, give her a beautiful surprise and be there. So I went there from um, Chicago to California. So on my way back, I checked in and I was sitting down. Then I was approached by one of the airline staff and they, they said they were going to upgrade me you know, from regular or economic class to first class. Honestly, there's a difference between economy and first class. I'm telling you now, if you don't know, there's a difference. Amen. So, and so I was upgraded. And I was really thankful for this favor. And then when we sat down, I went to use the restroom. I while in the restroom, I was saying, Father, I just thank you for this favor. You know, I was saying, so Lord, how do I say thank you to you? And God says, well, you know how we roll it. You know how to say thank you in this. Um, um, I brought you to this first class cabin for a particular reason. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm open. So I then got back inside. And then shortly this um, very young um, white American came and sat beside me. 
Well, so, and um, if you know that you're going to share the gospel with somebody, you have to just really, really smile. Even when you don't feel like smiling, you know, you just have to really, <laughs> really smile. So smiled and um, we, we chatted. Then after a while, you know, I had the prompting to just, you know, share the gospel with her. And so I asked her, oh, what, what she was going to do in Chicago. And she said, oh, that's a, um, a, a boyfriend lives in Chicago, and so she was going to spend time, you know, with him. My mother was like, mm-hmm, maybe this is the reason why the Holy Spirit wants you to talk to this person, though, you know. So we got talking, and she asked where I was coming from. I told her I was on holiday and that I was from Nigeria. Very interesting. She got really excited when she heard that I was from Nigeria because apparently when she was under 10 years, her parents had come to Nigeria as missionaries, and they had come with her and her siblings. And she came to Nigeria as well. And she said she had always looked forward to a day when she will, she, she's, she's been looking forward to another day when she will have the opportunity to come back to Nigeria again. So we got talking. And then she said, well, there was something that happened just before she left. And that, that, that thing really disturbed her. So, and, and she said, right there, that in California, there's a hospital where people who want to do abortion you know, can go and just, I think it's a clinic specifically for those who want to do abortion. And that, so she, she, and she heard that a group of Christians were going to go there. And so they actually went there and they carried placards. And on the placards were all sorts of things that you will go to hell, you will go to hell on the day of judgment, you are a murderer, thou shalt not kill, all sorts of things. And so she went into the hospital and she felt, well, this is not right, our God is a God of love. You know, so when she went in there, those people were really scared, you know, to come out because they were being pelted, you know, maybe with water, with candies, with all sorts of things, you know, as they were coming out of the hospital. And that as she was coming out as well, she was being pelted as well, you know, that... Um, even the, the evildoers and those who encourage the evildoers, you know. And so she said she got into the car and she wept. And she cried and cried and cried. And then she called her mom. And she was asking her mom if she was doing the right thing. You know, and her mom encouraged her. And so she asked me if she was doing the right thing. Well, I told her, well, that, yeah, indeed, our God is a God of love. And, you know, reminded her of the story of, you know, the, the woman caught in adultery. That what did Jesus do? And she said, oh, she felt really relieved re- and... Um, and she felt relieved, and you know that was it. So I kept quiet. Then in my mind, I was saying, "Oh, this was like, mm-hmm, what about the main thing? You have not spoken about that one." Say, ha. ha, this person that uh, has just been judged. If I now talk about that one, that you are living with your, you are going to visit your boyfriend, and you are going to be staying with him, you know. So, but I said, well, I mean, are you going to think about that or you're going to just obey the Holy Spirit? I said, well, I will obey the Holy Spirit. So I said, okay, so, so your boyfriend that you're going to be um, staying with, I hope you guys will do the right thing. You know, that is what God wants, that you do the right thing and you get married. And she said, oh, we're actually planning to get married next month, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, and I just said, well, Holy Spirit, thank you. I have done what you have asked me to do. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So when the wind blows upon you, it brings favor. And when the favor of God comes upon you, it is not just for you alone. It is for those around you so that they can be blessed as well. Amen. The wind of the Lord is blowing in this season and it's bringing us unprecedented favor. And that favor will be a blessing to all those around you in Jesus' name. I, I'm reminded of the story of the farmer who had a bountiful harvest. And he built a barn and stored everything in there. And he said, oh, my soul eats, you know. And the Lord says, well, thou fool, today your soul is going to be required of you. Now, the Lord did not say that because 
God is not in support of we planning or saving for the future, but because he took the Lord out of the blessings that the Lord had given him. Don't take the Lord out of any blessing that he has given you and his name will be glorified and there will be a multiplication in the name of Jesus. Amen. So number three, when the wind blows, it brings supernatural ability. You know, so they had supernatural ability. It gave them utterance. They had express, different expressions and they had enablement. So when the wind of the Lord blows, it gives you enablement. So I put this poem together for us. CMN, please, can we have the poem on the screen? And it says, when the wind blows and the presence of the Holy Spirit flows, defeated will be our foes, for our God does not doze. Indeed, for you he arose to make your life unto him a rose. Oh, to the world it shows. Now in him, don't forget to pose. Amen. Yes, beautiful are the meadows on which he has placed your toes. Hey, one more thing. Don't forget to fulfill your vows and never stop to abide in his shadow. Amen. May we always abide in the shadow of the Almighty in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So um, as I was doing this tour, the, the, the Lord led me to um, Ezekiel 37 and that is the valley of the dry bones. So we're going to be reading Ezekiel 37, 1 to 10. And it says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And he said to me, speak a prophetic message. You know, so the word prophecy is coming up again and again and again. So speak those prophetic words. Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you, and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me suddenly as I spoke there was a rattling sound all across the valley the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons then as I watched muscles and flesh formed over the bones then skin formed to cover their bodies but they still had no breath in them then he said to me speak a prophetic message to the wind son of man speak a prophetic message and say this is what the sovereign lord says come O breath from the four winds Breathe on these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And the breath came into their bodies. And they all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. Amen. So it says, you know, here um, in, in the history of, of Israel, in this particular passage, they had been exiled to Babylon because of their disobedience. And the people that were left in Israel then were the poorest of the poorest people. And so it was a completely hopeless situation. You know, according to the Jewish custom, if a man dies and is not buried correctly, then it's, it's a curse. You know, even in this part of the world, and I notice that it's not just in this part of the world, in so many, probably worldwide, you know, when, when a, a, a loved one dies, you don't joke with their burial. But, you know, can, can you imagine it was, it, it was very humiliating that these people 
these this people in the valley of, of dry bones were there. They were not buried. You know, they are, their families could not even give any closure, you know. And there were so many, so many. There's a graphic I would like CMM to, to put up about the valley of dry bones. And I'll tell you, that, I tell you that when I saw this graphic, it really, really touched the very core of my being. There were so many. And, you know, all those people died. They were not given any kind of proper barrier. And they died as a result of, of their disobedience, you know. And amen. And Ezekiel said, in a vision, the Lord took me to a valley. Amen. As children of God, we will always have the mountaintop experiences. But trust me, there will be the valley experiences. But what you do in the valley will determine how long you stay in the valley or how well you come out of that valley. You know, Joseph, for example, was somebody who went through the valley situation. I remember that um, I I read somewhere where it says that there are 46 scriptures, there are 46 verses of the scriptures that talk about the pit situation. So there will always be, always be times in our lives where we find, when we find ourselves, you know, in a pit situation. For example, Joseph, I remember at the beginning of Joseph's story, he said he had a dream, you know, and then he, he had a dream and he was posing, you know, younger, went to the brothers and said, well, I had a dream. You guys bowed to me. Even our mom and our dad bowed to me. And those are really, you know, so he was still one proud, young, sports, rich kid, you know, with a coat of many colors. And by the time Joseph went through several pits in his life, and I remember the Bible says that when he was brought before Pharaoh and they said, well, you can interpret dreams, he said, well, not me. It belongs to God. Amen. So there are times in our lives that we'll go through the valley situation. But what do you do in the times, of, in the times when you are in the valley? You bow down, but don't stay down. Amen. Bow down to the most high God, but don't stay down. Don't let the enemy keep you down. And you will come up in the name of Jesus. Um, Psalm 24 says, even though I walk through the valley, sorry, Psalm 23 verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. It's a walk through. Honestly, if you trust God and you allow the Holy Spirit to, to hold your hand, it's going to be a walkthrough. You will walk through it successfully. You will walk through it with a bigger testimony. You will walk through it and emerge victorious in the mighty name of Jesus. And the name of the Lord will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was a very hopeless situation. And I want to encourage you this morning. Is there anything in your life that looks really, really hopeless? Because it says in this um, um, Ezekiel 37, the valley of the dry bones, that the bones were completely dry. The bones were completely dry. And there was no, there was no sign of life in them, you know. And what was the next thing? And the Lord asked Ezekiel and said, well, can these bones live again? You know, the same thing, I think, in, in, in the previous chapter, a few chapters before then, the same thing, you know, the Lord asked um, Abraham and um, he asked um, Ezekiel as well and, and said, well, there's nothing impossible with you. Ezekiel had told God earlier on that, you know, there's nothing impossible with you. So God got into the um, valley of dry bones and he said, and the Lord asked him and said, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel did not say no. Ezekiel said, thou knowest, 
You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You are the maker of all things. You are the God of creation. You are the God of compassion. You are the A and the Z and you are everything in it. Amen. You are the God who opens the door that no man can shut. You are the one who says a thing and it comes to pass. Thou knowest. You know, so what do you say to the Lord in your violent situation? Amen. And the name of the Lord will be glorified as we tell the Lord that he alone is God and we trust him to always be God in everything we go through in the mighty name of Jesus. So you must prophesy. Ezekiel prophesied. The the Bible says that the Lord told him to prophesy. So Ezekiel prophesied to the dry bones. He listened to the word of the Lord. He believed the Lord and he prophesied to the dry bones. And the Bible says that all those bones, you know, started coming together. It is is really amazing because the bones just did not come together. The bones of a particular person would look, you know, and all gather together. So it was bone to bone, bone to bone. Your favor, your blessings will find you in the name of Jesus when you stay in the presence of the Most High God, they will locate you in the mighty name of Jesus. They will not miss their way when the wind of the Lord blows in the mighty name of Jesus. And his name alone will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says bone to bone and the bones were coming together. The bones were coming together and then they developed muscles and then they developed flesh. But still there was no life in them. There was still no life in them. And the Lord told Ezekiel to prophesy again. And he prophesied again. And the Lord said he should prophesy and call on the four winds. Amen. So in this scripture, we notice that there are four, four winds. When, when we had the, the first part of this sermon, we talked about the east wind and we talked about the west wind. You know, the east wind provided a way of escape and it brought judgment. So it depends, it depends on the camp that you are. So when the east wind blows, it can provide a way of escape and it can bring judgment. So it provided a way of escape for some and brought judgment. And then the west wind came and it brought protection for the Israelites. It brought restoration because it restored, you know, the Red Sea back to its former. And then we talked about the north and the south wind very briefly. That was from the book of... Um, Solomon chapter 4 verse 16, where, where the Lord commanded the south and the north wind to blow on his garden. So on this day, on the day of Pentecost, you know, b- before the Holy Spirit came, Jesus Christ had actually, you know, had actually deposited a lot of things in his disciples. You know, they kept hearing and kept hearing and kept hearing from him. You know, so they were a beautiful garden to the most high God. But God says, well, this garden is so beautiful. But then the the fragrance of the rose coming from this garden has to spread to the whole world. And then boom, you know, the wind of, of, of the Lord came and spread the fragrance of the gospel all over. And here in the book of Ezekiel, the four winds, the Lord sent the four winds and brought a mighty change. Amen. The Lord sent the four winds and brought the mighty change. Like we said earlier on that the winds is synonymous with life. You know, like um, in, in Genesis 2, 7, when God created, you know, man, the Bible says he, he breathed, you know, the breath of life into them. So, so the same word that means life and means breath, you know, in Hebrew is the same word that means life and that means breath. And then we learned that the word rock, 
you know, it's the same, same word in Hebrew for the wind and the spirit. And so the, the Holy Spirit breathed mightily upon them. And the name of the Lord was glorified. So I did, I did this second poem. I'm still going to talk about the four winds. I did the second poem and I want, um, I'd like CMM to please bring it up. About um, the valley of the dry bones. The same God who spoke to the dry bones is the same God who commands the stones. For he is Christ, the cornerstone, who is forever seated on the throne. Without him, away you will be blown. His blood for our sins atone. In heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth, he is known. Yes, I thank God, I am your very own. I pray may I never leave the Holy Spirit zone. Amen. So you remain in the shadow of the Most High God. Never leave the zone of the Holy Spirit. And your life will be a testimony to all around you in the name of Jesus. So here we heard about the four winds. The, the four winds. Now, each wind has its own attributes. And each wind has its own assignments. And it has the things that it imputes into our lives. So the north wind. Let's have Job 37, 22. CMM, please, can we have Job 37, 22 on the screen? Fair weather coming out of the north. With God is terrible majesty. So from the north comes favor. So when the wind blows from the north, it brings favor. So the Lord is blowing his favor upon us today in the mighty name of Jesus. He's blowing his favor upon our lives in the name of Jesus. He's blowing his favor upon the works of our hands, upon our businesses, upon our careers in the mighty name of Jesus. Proverbs 25, 23. Can we have that on the screen? Proverbs 25, 23. Okay, if it's not coming up quickly, I move on to... So the south wind, the south wind, the south wind carries, it carries heat. It says it's the contrary wind, it carries heat. Luke 12.55, CMM, please, can I have Luke 12.55 on the screen? It's the south wind, you can write it down and go and check it up later. It carries heat, you know, it comes with the contrary wind. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be heat and it cometh to pass. So when, when the wind of the Lord blows, it comes as a fire. It comes as a consuming fire or refining fire. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, when the wind blows, it will meet you as a refining fire in the name of Jesus. And when it consumes, it only consumes everything in our lives that do not give him glory. Amen. And so the east wind, you know, we learned earlier on the east wind brings judgment. It brings judgment, but it provided a way of escape for the children of Israel. That's the east wind. And then the west wind brings restoration. It restored the sea back, you know, and then it brought protection to the Israelites as well. So, I, and, and I know that there are a lot of us here today. We need, we need a combination of all those four winds. And we will go super blessed today in the name of Jesus. The Lord is going to blow his north wind, the south wind, the east wind, and the west wind into our lives, into our circumstances. And no, no matter how lifeless the whole situation seems to, to be, the, the wind of the Lord will bring life into it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, we need a combination, you know, of, of what the wind brings. 
you know, and it may just be two. It may just be the north and the south that you need. Or it may just be the west wind and the east wind that you need. Or the north wind and the east wind, you know. And the Lord will answer our prayers today in the mighty name of Jesus. So the wind comes and it renews us. It re-energizes us. It restores us and puts us in the right position with God. Amen. So I want to share um, this story, um, a testimony that actually happened happened to us, to the glory of the Most High God. And um, I remember several, several years ago, we were out of the, out of the country, and um, one of my daughter's teachers said they needed, to, they needed to see us, and so that she was having um, problems with maths. And so I went there, and so the, 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 the class teacher was giving me all sort of bad news, it was, in, it was a British international school, and they had the best professionals, you know. The teachers were all British. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that we are not good. Nigerians are intelligent. We are smart. The Lord has created us beautifully and powerfully in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that these people are people that, you know, you will look at and then you will, they, they will talk and you will respect what they say because they have studied, they have read, and they know what they are talking about. And they've done all that they think they need to do to analyze and evaluate the child. So they gave us this, this, um, um, this bad report saying, well, and I, I remember sitting down in front of that teacher that day, and she said, well, if, if you're thinking of a child that will be mentally sharp, it will never happen with her. And then they said, she can never be good with math, so if you're going to advise her career-wise, just help her to deviate from anything science, anything mathematics. So right there and then, the tears were welling up, and I was saying, God, please, this bad news is enough. Don't embarrass me further in front of this woman. I don't want these tears. Can you please help me to hold the tears until I get to my room and I face you in the room and we talk this thing out, you know? So, and so she gave all the bad news. And then, but, you know, I, I have a habit. I don't let the, I don't like let the enemy, you know, I, I'm not saying she's an enemy, but she was the voice of the enemy as far as I'm concerned. I don't let the enemy have the last say. So I said, well, maybe she's just a late starter. You know, I trust that she will keep up. She will, she will pick up that maybe she's just a late starter. And, well, she, she, that was the end of that conversation. So got home. We prayed about it. My husband, we were both worried. And we're praying, you know, you know that, you know that period when you're outside of the country and you feel like, well, oh yeah, let us come and start going home. <laughs> so I got to that point. I got tired. I was like, well, I think it's just time to, to go home. So we came back to the country and then we're going to enroll her in a school. And so I was asking God, so God, what do we do? This kind of report that we've been given consigning her, do we tell the new school so that they can give her special attention? And the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going to do any of that. So we decided not to do any of that and we trusted God. And so at every God, we do it again that we had. There was only one prayer point that myself and my husband had, you know, and it was Tiny Tolua, that the Lord will restore her, that the Lord will sharpen her memories, that the Lord will heal her, that the Lord will do that which only he can do, and that the Lord will overturn every negative report. So it was at every anointing service. It was her. At every God we do it again. 2013, 2014, 2015. And all of a sudden, we just saw that she was getting better in maths. And, you know, we were waiting. You know, you are trusting God. You are believing God and trusting God for a testimony. But then at the back of your mind, you are thinking, well, I did not say anything about her. I did not say 
learning anything about our maths. Is this school good at all? You know, or should we try another school? You know, maybe this, um, these people are not um, professional enough to be able to decipher. But at the, at the same time, we, we chose, you know, to just hold on to God. You know, and God did it. And God, God, God did it in such a beautiful way that it could only have been God. All of a sudden, we had her coming home with 80-something percent in maths, 90-something percent in maths. So she wasn't just having A's in maths, she was having A stars. And you know, the most beautiful part of the testimony was, I remember two terms ago, I went to her school to pick her up. And they put the names of the top seven students in the whole year, in the whole year nine. And my daughter's picture was there. And I stood there, and I stood there with tears in my eyes. I know parents were passing by, and under my breath, I was just saying, Father, you are such a good God. It is so good to trust you, and no, no one would understand what was happening. And I was there by that board, you know, I must have been there for about three or four minutes, and I was just thanking God, and I was just thanking God. I was saying, God, indeed, you are such a beautiful God. And then when we went for a parent teacher, the last parent teacher consultation, you know, she's in year nine now, and they've asked them to register for the IGCSE. And so we went for the parent teacher consultation. All the teachers had wonderful things to say, and they were all saying, well, we want her to, you know, register. They were practically begging her, you know, to sign up for their subject for the IGCSE because they wanted the best, you know, results for, their, for the subjects that they were teaching. And in my mind, I was just thinking, Eshe ibite tibere, Eshe ibite bate, Adupe Amen. The, the four winds come to restore. The four winds come to give us life. The four winds come to give us protection. The four winds come to, to, to make us to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can enjoy the favor of the Most High God, so that we can enjoy the blessings of the Most High God. The four winds come to bring life out of every lifeless situation. And the four winds come, the Holy Spirit come through the, came through the four winds. And this morning, I just want to encourage you. The disciples of God were together in one room. They had received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was dwelling in them. They had received the Holy Spirit. This morning, is the Holy Spirit dwelling in you? The wind of the Lord is blowing and you're going to leave this place with mighty testimonies in the name of Jesus. But you have to be in a position to receive. And I want to pray for as many as are here today. You do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. All eyes are closed. All heads are bowed. And um, I, I want to encourage you, be in a position to receive from the Spirit of the Lord this morning and accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. We are not going to call you out. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand to the Most High God. Today, if you hear the, the voice of salvation, do not shut your heart at it. I want you to just raise your hand and the ushers will slip a card into your hand. Don't go without the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Raise your hand. If your heart is beating faster at this point, then you know that you should give your life to Jesus. Amen. I'm giving you an opportunity to become a part of God's family. Let me see your hand up. Raise your hand to the Most High God. Raise your hand to the Most High God. 
raise your hand to the most high God. The ushers will give you a card and I'm just going to pray with you. Amen. The ushers will give you a card and I'm just going to pray with you. If your heart is beating faster and I'm still giving you an opportunity, the wind of the Lord is blowing in the mighty name of Jesus. Raise your hand to the most high God and let his name be glorified. Amen. Amen. Are there any hands up? Are there any hands up? Are there any? Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Congratulations. Congratulations. I thank the Lord for you. Congratulations. More opportunities. If you still need to raise your hand, raise your hand. Don't leave this place without having a relationship with God, without opening your, your life to the wind of God that brings restoration, that brings healing, that brings deliverance, that brings protection. Amen. And so almighty father, we just want to say thank you for those who have come to you today to accept you as your Lord and Savior. We give you all the praise. We give you all honor. We give you all adoration. Lord, we thank you because it is to you, the maker of heaven and earth, that you've come to. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you make their work with you effortless and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name, we've prayed. Amen. So I just want us to rise on our feet and take a few prayer points. Come, O Lord, and fill this place. Lord, and fill this place. Come, O Lord, and have your way. Holy Spirit of the living God, from the far winds, blow upon us this morning in the name of Jesus. will be you are taking everything that seems like a lifeless situation what is it that looks like a lifeless situation that looks like a hopeless situation i place it before the mighty father this morning in the name of jesus and trust him that you will return with a testimony in the mighty name of jesus lord we ask spirit of the living god we ask that you send your wind upon everything that your children have brought before you that seem like a lifeless situation ah let your wind blow upon it in the name of Jesus. Is it a womb that has been written off? Oh, let your wind blow upon it in the name of Jesus. Is it a medical issue that the doctors have said that there is no hope? Let your wind blow upon it in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said you redefine every word in the dictionary because you are the word. Lord, you redefine it to redesign and refine our lives. Lord, redefine every life today in the name of Jesus. Change every definition that the doctor has given them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we change every definition. And we change them to the definition of the scripture. That says by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. That says none shall be barren in the land. Ah, Lord, your word says we will decree a thing. And it shall come to pass. We thank you because a year from now, all 
that God, a month from now, all that God, a week from now, a day from now, 24 hours from now, in the next minute, all that God, your children are testifying in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise. Lord, we give you all the praise. And like the Lord told Isaiah to call upon the four winds, I just want us to call upon the four winds right now. Oh Lord, blow your winds. The south wind, the north wind, the east wind, the west wind. Blow it upon us right now in the name of Jesus. The wind of restoration, the wind of protection, the wind of favor, the wind of healing, the wind of upliftment. Blow it upon us right now and let your name alone be glorified. Lord, we give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, oh Lord God, for in the mighty name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. You may please be seated in the presence of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for the Most High God.